0: Welcome to episode 13 of Order of Operations Unconventional. This is Nikki, joined by Libby, who is a little busy rolling her eyes. Hey, y'all.
1: Obviously, I did not pick the episode title, but happy convention to all of our Math Museum folks. Last episode, we talked about making the most out of convention through networking. And then on this episode, we're gonna go through our fond memories of past conventions that we've attended, the flip side of organizing conventions for our teams, And then this year's convention, which I'll admit is unconventional.
0: I have been in a funk lately, so I want to do wins this week. Libby, tell me something good.
1: Okay, well, I don't want to steal Nikki's, but we did have our monthly MCO meeting this week, and Nikki was so kind to put together the unofficial MCO awards, and those made me smile because I found out that our ownership team moved up in the rankings for Revenue Club by Portfolio. And that makes me really happy because that literally is why I work 24-7, 365. So I was excited to get to see that. And then I was happy to see our largest volume center grow in their ranks as well. So the things that I work really hard for year round um, came to fruition, so I'm a happy girl right now. What about you, Nikki? Nice.
0: So that was unofficial and that was definitely my win for the week as well. So when I was promoted to this role of this multi-unit management, I didn't realize how lonely it would be. So I really am thankful and joyful when I get to hang out with other multi-center people. So this month we did the happy hour instead of our like best practice share call. And I was also happy I got to host because that's another one of my favorite things. And so it was a good social interaction in this time of social distancing. It was a good day,
1: and thank you for hosting, and thank you for giving us our unofficial award ceremony because it really did make us all bright and cheery.
0: So just thinking through all the time with the MCO crew, I just realized that we're at a year of meeting, and all of this started at convention 2019. So let's start out with a stroll down memory lane. Libby, when was your first convention?
1: (laughs) So I've told Nikki this story and my mom, Karen, listens to the podcast. So I know she's like, you know, giddy in her little Tesla right now getting to listen to this. My first convention was 2014. It was at the Lowe's Hotel. It was like the Hollywood, California convention. And it was just my first professional experience in general. And so my wardrobe was not on par with what it needed to be. So I know you just asked me like what my first one was, but now I'm just going to tell a story. So my first convention, I, in my own defense, I had appropriate clothes packed. But in my head, what an appropriate work outfit would be is a black dress and heels. Because I was I was newly 19 at the time. So I was just like a little baby teenager. And I wore a dress that was way, way, way too short. And I wore heels that were way, way, way too tall. And everyone wanted to get to meet Karen's daughter. They're like, oh, your daughter's here. That's amazing. Like second generation. Like let's meet her. And Karen's like, no, you, you may not meet my daughter because I'm mortified that she's here because she is so inappropriately dressed. And so Karen's like, I'm not telling you which one's my kid, but I will tell you that my kid is the one dressed like a hooker because frankly I was. <laughs> and so people are like, you're being silly. You're being dramatic. Like, no, she isn't. And Karen's like, scan the crown and find like my 19 year old Libby. And it was like no contest. Like I was so hazardously dressed. So, <laughs> um, yeah, first convention 2014, Lowe's Hotel, Hollywood, California. What about you, Nikki?
0: Nice. I think mine was also the same one, but I thought it was 2013. Was it? We bought in 2013.
1: So honestly, like it could have been right after Karen signed.
0: I am trying to remember. I think Karen it was. signed in
1: June. So, like, it, it could have been.
0: Yeah. So I think, yeah, so I had the same one, but I'm pretty sure it's 2013 because I remember being like brand new and newly promoted into my role, wanted to carve out my own place and like prove that I was worthy of this like brand new promotion. And then I was like traveling with my boss and I'd never really been on a real business trip before. And so I didn't really know what to do. Have you been attending every year since the 2013 convention? No, we were just talking about this on Friday too. And I am trying to remember, I think I've done four conventions. Which ones? So it was the LA, which I'm like pretty sure it was 2013. And then it was Atlanta and then Washington DC and then Toronto this past year, but it's been four, not consecutive except for the past two years. Cause what had happened before, like the reason I got to go to the first one when I was a center director is because anybody who hadn't been before could go. Then the reason I could go to the next one, Atlanta, I won it in a competition. So it was a sales competition and that was one of the prizes. And so I won the ability to go to Atlanta. But I love
1: that. I
0: love that. That's so good. It was super fun. So I really wanted to go because I had been before. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to like go run around all the breakout sessions and like see who the speaker is and like close down the bar. And because apparently that's just a regular part of convention.
1: That's so funny. I guess it's because I've been to convention as a teenager that like hearing that blows my mind because I didn't get to do the bar. And then I did the bar too hard and missed a general session and then I I've never gotten to the I've never gotten to do the bar since. Like Karen <laughs> Karen has banned us from the bar ever since we missed a general session. Oh man. How many have you been to? I did the Hollywood one. I missed Atlanta. Karen took three center directors, I believe to Atlanta, and then she told me that since I didn't really contribute that I got to run their centers in their absence. (laughs) Oh my God. And that I didn't get to, it's totally fair. It was, it was, it was fair. So I didn't get to attend Atlanta. I went to Dallas, which I think is after Atlanta. Went to the Dallas one. That one was good. Anaheim was after that one. We went to Washington, D.C., Toronto. And then this year would have been L.A., which would have been super cool because I could take my entire herd with me because it's drivable. But instead,
0: we are doing a virtual convention. So Libby, do you have a favorite breakout session? Or maybe a favorite speaker? Like, if there's something on the agenda and it's presented by this person, you go see it.
1: My all-time favorite talk, I know it's, like, not necessarily one speaker or, like, a breakout session. But it was the general session back in Dallas. And this is, like, where I get into my whole, like, what's my why? I don't like the what's my why talk. I attended that one in Dallas. I think that is corny. That is not That is not for me. I was told that if my why doesn't make me cry, my why is not powerful enough. And I was like, shut the hell up. Revenue was a great why.
0: There's a trick um, to that. You have to ask why like four times. And by the fourth or the fifth one, that's usually when you get the tears.
1: Yeah, and the, the tears for me come from I really like working with my mom. So it's like, why do you like doing this and my why is revenue and then it's like no dig deeper like you can get revenue and you can get like an income out of anything. So it's like I like working with my family. Why do you like working with your family? I like working with my mom. Why do you like working with my mom? She's my best friend and then that's where the tears come in. But if you ask me like just off the gut like what's your why? I really like making good revenue. I don't like that conversation. They had a group of the top 5 portfolio owners up on stage. Nikki and I talked about this in episode one as like my motivator is that all five guys on that stage were guys. And I was like, no, I need a girl on the stage. I wanted to be the girl because Karen's not like a showboater. I am, but I'm like, yes, I am on the stage with all the big boys. Uh, Karen's not that way. So I thought that if I worked hard enough, I would get to be the, the big boy on the stage. Um, that one was my favorite talk because it was like an open mic kind of situation where people would
0: just walk up to the mic and ask them questions. What I love about what you just mentioned is that it wasn't canned questions. People would just walk up and talk. And like
1: they didn't have time to rehearse their answers. Like they do they do the general sessions with like all the important like figureheads of our company, but those are fairly scripted because they're handpicking. Questions and they, they have like some data that they have to answer the questions with. So it is premeditated in a sense, but that one was just so fun because it was just people walking up to the mic and asking them questions, and you got to see of those guys who really had a heartfelt answer for what was being discussed, and it was so fun. I do like Dr. Mark Korotinsky; he leads our general business systems department he is my favorite person to listen to speak because he talks about all of the things that I can't lose sight of when I build an organization and build a portfolio because it has to do with multi-unit management. And I, I don't go into it thinking that I'm going to like learn something revolutionarily new, but if I can even take a little nugget from that and make my team better, it's worth it to me. What about you, Nikki? What are some of your favorite breakout sessions or favorite speakers?
0: I think my favorite person that I've watched speak is Dave Petty. And it's because he is so good at all of the like soft skills and what Libby likes to call fluff, which she's rolling her eyes again at me. I know it's not her favorite thing, but the five levels of leadership or like lead out loud, he had a couple different like leadership talks. And I love those. Like I probably have pages and pages of notes from those. Those are my favorite things. And I always come away with a bunch of different books to read. And I'm flipping through my notebook now to see if I could find it.
1: Don't get me wrong. I respect the shit out of Dave Petty. I really do. He he does some fluffy talks and Libby Lossing is not one for emotions. I am emotionally constipated, and Dave is the one that wants to see tears coming out of his breakout sessions, and I'm like, no, sir, you will not get them from me.
0: But I think that is the type of things that I like to see the most because it's something that's really hard to train, and it's not something that a lot of the... Magnesium community bring to the table from their past experience. So a lot of it is like, um, like the teaching experience, or like maybe they were leading a company and were became disillusioned with the nine to five and wanted to do something different. And so there's a lot of like corporate and education backgrounds, but there's not a lot of coaching and leadership and HR. And those are the skills that I love to see on the agenda. Because I think it's what us as a community need the most of. I
1: have right in front of me, if you hear my paper flipping, it's because I I um I keep my notes from every convention. So this is from our 12th annual Think Big Magnesium Convention, because we were in Texas. And Dave Petty's talk that year was leadership versus management. So yeah, he is he is one of those like higher level thinkers. And talking about like fixed mindset versus growth mindset. His big thing was what, how, why, and then ABCD, which is above and beyond the call of duty as a manager. So he had a lot of good things to say, but again, I'm just not an emotional person. See, I'm like, like
0: craving, I'm like, wait, can I see your notes? Like what else did you write down from there?
1: I'll scan them to you, Nikki. We
0: can turn
1: it, we can turn it into social media posts. I own Nikki social media content. If you uh, weren't a part of Mathnasium back in whenever our twelfth convention was, was these are twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. I will I will turn Dave Petty's lecture notes into a social media post for you all, so you can enjoy his his talk.
0: <laughs> nice. And see, I feel like a lot of the other like conventions and the other conferences you go to, Libby, are probably like all about business.
1: Yeah, those I walk away from crying, but it's because I'm doing everything wrong whenever I walk away from it. I'm like, <laughs> gosh, why didn't I think of that? Why wasn't I motivated enough? Why wasn't I up until 2 a.m. every night for like the past several weeks in order to hit a certain benchmark of success? If I walk away from a convention crying, it better be because I like majorly accomplished something or I realize that I am a fucking idiot and I need to be doing something so much better. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. That is not the conferences that I go to. Probably my favorite one is the one that is put on by Rebel, which I love. I talk about it all the time. And their four principles are wellness, money, creativity, and community. And this one, we started our day off with a grounding meditation, like waiting for the eye roll from Libby again. Yep, there it is. Okay. <laughs> which was really nice and it was just a great way to like start a super busy day to just be quiet for a moment and then it was about like, how to fit wellness into your life but really positively and how you need to take care of yourself and like had happiness as part of the wellness project then the money and the finances were all like personal finances which is great because I feel like they don't talk about that enough in business. Then creativity was super fun. It was just people talking about their passions and like how they could turn it into a full-blown career. This is a lady where I got the quote about the, well, it takes like five whys till you get to the tiers. And so it was talking about a creative thinking project and why do you want to do that project? And then, but why, but why, but why? You just keep going. And then also how to build community, which I think is so important, because we talk about community a lot, but we don't talk about like how to form it and how to bring everybody together. Libby's like cringing as I go through all of these things, but I love it all so much.
1: I'm not cringing that much, you guys. I'm not an asshole. Someone <laughs> DM'd me. I, we still don't know if it's Wova or Hoover. But the convention app for the Mathnasium people, someone DM'd me and they're like, I really love your podcast, but I can tell you're a scary boss. <laughs> yes. uh-uh. No, like in the most loving way. Like they okay. were judging. Hearing Nikki, like she's like, Libby's rolling her eyes. I'm like, I'm sorry. i swear. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, so Nikki kind of transitioned us into talking about our favorite convention and conference of all time. I loved the Dallas conference as far as Mathnasium conferences go dallas was my favorite because one i really liked the content because i was still fairly young at the time and so it kind of was a first look at some of the content i feel like now that i'm attending these con these conferences and this is like my sixth mathnasium conference i feel like there's Ones that are always applicable, like the math model one is always important. Larry's take on our education is always important. There's like ones that are recycled, but like also rejuvenated over the years, but they're recycled content. Um, like legacy. legacy content. Yeah, legacy skills, just like our prescriptives. Um, where it's never not gonna be important, and there's always gonna be a first year owner or first year attendee who's gonna need that content. But Dallas, for me, I was that person who needed this stuff the first time. So Dallas is a special one for me. Dallas is also the convention where I started to understand the bigger picture of a franchise. Because up until that point, my mom was like a small business owner. And I thought that was kind of like a wonky career path. And I still didn't understand it at that point. And then that was the first convention where I attended. I saw everyone, and I started identifying with the name tags and the ribbons and the revenue clubs and like all this stuff started to make more sense to me. And I had a center director with us who like gave me more perspective on why these things matter. So that was the first one where I kind of stepped into my own professional element and started understanding what was going on. And I, on top of that, really did enjoy the content. Outside of Mathnasium, I do attend other conferences. I've mentioned before I have another franchise. So I attend conferences for them. And then I attend non-franchisee conferences. My most recent one would be Bold, which is hosted by MindBody, which that's a name in the fitness and wellness space is MindBody is the scheduling software and the point of sale software that we all use. And they have a conference called Bold, which is just like basically how to improve your fitness and wellness brands and your fitness and wellness business. And Nikki's right, that's one of those ones where like, they're basically screaming in your face like, you're doing everything wrong, you're not organized enough, like you're not making enough money, your profitability is not
0: right. It's
1: one of those like highly stressful conferences, where I walk out of it crying and I'm like, why didn't you fire Joe like three weeks sooner, like Joe lost us all this money, you should have cut ties faster. It's one of those kinds of conferences. But it's also one that like I still wear my t-shirt from that conference because it was one of those ones that helped my business mindset because again, I am like a younger person and I thought that one was important. I was supposed to attend one this year called Thrive back at the beginning of May, but it got canceled. So I hope to get to attend Thrive next year potentially. And that was just like a general business conference they've had a lot of good speakers from like books that I've read. So I wanted to get to hear the authors of those books get to talk, but I missed that one this year. I think an important note for anyone who's a franchisee who attends outside conferences is that a lot of the content of these conferences need not apply to us because we kind of already have like we have our operations manual and we have our rule book to success within our franchise. And a lot of these places like Spoon feed you vendors, spoon feed you, like, here's what you should do to grow your business, and a lot of that content need not apply to us. I totally disagree.
0: Oh my gosh, really? Go ahead. Yes, so I feel like so much of the Mathnasium community are people that only know Mathnasium. Like, more recently, it's starting to be more leaders that have outside experience, For example, like franchise business consultants that weren't center owners. And I find so much value in that because it's an outside perspective. And so, like, yes, we have all of these systems and we have our ops manual and we have all all of these resources, but a lot of it is built by people where mathnasium is the only thing they know. And so, having some sort of outside of the bubble experience allows you to really look at the tools you've been given. And ask yourself, are these the best tools to help me be successful? But then also a lot of our ops manual are like guardrails. And so it's how do you like steer the course the very best you can given these guardrails and given this structure that we get as being part of a franchise.
1: That's totally fair. Let's talk about the flip side. So we've talked about attending conventions. Now let's talk about the flip side where Nikki and I had to plan our own because we host company retreats. So Nikki, when did Team Temple decided that they needed their own retreat in addition to or in lieu of attending the conference as a big curd?
0: Five years ago, James and Joanne made the decision at the time that it would be important to just get everyone together just like outside of work in a neutral space. We rent a big house and have like family meal style and like it's very much like family reunion. Like people ask what it's like before they go on their first retreat. And I'm like, imagine like a family reunion, but also a business conference. And so you get to like have fun with everybody, but you also need to be like ready in the morning to pay attention. So it was originally a chance to sit down and do a lot of like process improvement. And then two years ago, I was in charge of it. And we weren't doing that anymore. (laughs) So I added a lot more fluff, just being able to really like connect with the team and be able to have conversations. And it's where we really did a lot of legwork on defining our like mission, vision, values and building up new team members, but also addressing and recognizing what needed to be worked on within the organization. And then also just like playing cornhole and having fun. You guys did your first lossing retreat this year or last year?
1: Yeah, we did our first lossing retreat the last week of July of 2019. So that one was a first crack. It was a first draft. And honestly, I think it went rather well. So since convention was in Toronto last year, we had everyone's lights and hotel booked. And we were planning on bringing them to Toronto. And then at the very last minute, Karen pivoted. And said I'd rather control the content of everyone and I'd rather give them like a longer vacation. And so we hosted it in Scottsdale, Arizona. We literally hosted it less than a mile away from my house. Which is funny, okay. (laughs) Totally like this is not the content you guys came to listen to our podcast for, but I'm I'm gonna share a story. We've talked about doing a retreat before. It's it's been round table, we've discussed it. And I was at UCLA at the time and there was this like hotel that everyone did really cute retreats to who went to UCLA. It's in Palm Springs. It's like this bright rainbow hotel. And it was like my dream to get to host retreat at that hotel because it was like so iconic. I'm doing it. I'm hosting a business retreat at the Rainbow Hotel in Palm Springs. It's happening. It's not called the Rainbow Hotel. It's called the Suaro Hotel. So there's a Suaro Palm Springs. But whenever I moved into my house and I was taking Winnie on a walk like one of my first nights after moving in, I discovered that I am next to one of two Swaro hotels. Cause there's a Swaro Scott scale. And when I say this hotel is a rainbow hotel, I mean like every square inch of this hotel is a different colored, like neon rainbow color. So like very picturesque, very cute. So we hosted our first convention there, which I was stoked because I'm like, it has been my dream to host this in Palm Springs. Instead I get to host it less than a mile away from my house. So like I can super plan it all out because I am walking and bugging the caterers and I'm bugging like the hotel manager and I'm like making it the perfect retreat ever. So we had our first conference because Toronto was going to take us all out of the country and we had a bunch of first year center directors who we wanted to benefit from the content, but it just didn't make sense to fly them out of the country when they'd only been with us for a couple months. So we did the Scottsdale retreat. What I thought was like fun about our retreat is that Karen, Karen calls them superpowers. So every single one of our center directors have their superpower. Young Gun's really great at training. Andrew's basically my Mark Goldberg when it comes to curriculum management. So he has like masterminded, lined up all of our prescriptives to match along with like the textbook and the syllabus of our private schools. So he's just so, he was going to be a teacher and we stole him from his teaching career. And so, like, that's Andrew's superpower, and so he gets to teach us all about, like, masterminding curriculum. Then we have Danielle, who's our North Carlsbad Center director, and she's my happy-go-lucky, like, rainbows and unicorns kind of chick. So she does all of our help and wellness talks, and then she's also super passionate about the future of girls and girls in STEM education and STEM education in general. So she teaches us like fun ways to integrate STEM into our curriculum and she plans all of our math night games and our student fun nights. And then we have our sales shark and then we have Evan with HR and like they all got to like showcase their superpowers and present. So our convention literally had like 10 speakers because everyone spoke on something which was just like fun and special because it was their opportunity to show off. And I think I think everyone walked away with more because there was like diverse content and diverse speakers and everyone had their own presentation style. But yeah, we did retreat last year for the first time and
0: we were going to do it this year, but obviously COVID. Yeah. That's interesting. That's like the, I showed you my like post-it note before we started recording, but that is my idea for this year to try and do something like that just virtually Um, I've heard them called passion presentations. And so people listening from my team are going to get a little preview, but I want to coordinate passion presentations. And honestly, they don't have to be about work. People can just talk about literally whatever they want. So it's kind of like an icebreaker and like get to know you too. So that's what I'm trying to do is pivot to some form a virtual retreat which is funny because last year's retreat was phenomenally unplugged. We did so much on paper there were no PowerPoints like it was all like workbooks and post-it notes and a little bit of like homework and different activities and there was a book reading before and we had different book groups and so it was not technology-based.
1: I like that. And then you had Elizabeth Lyons at your convention or your retreat. What did she talk about at your retreat?
0: Let me pull out my workbook. So she talked about the 212 um, going the extra degree. And so we saw a version of this at the actual retreat. So just talking through, like, core values, how they align with customer service, how are you demonstrating unwavering passion at work and life, what are ways you could improve? So it's like a big self-reflection of a bunch of different aspects, like kindness, commitment, I'm flipping through, belief, focus, and I'm like looking at my notes now this is a good one. I'm watching Uh, her
1: flip through like a spiral deck right now.
0: Yes because I have all of these. Like this is a good one about focus. It was a question how can this issue be improved or even eliminated by giving it your complete undivided attention? My answer was it can't. I need to find someone who can. Nice. So
1: for those of you who don't um, know this book uh, Elizabeth Lyons, uh, Liz Lyons, she really pushes for it's called the 212th degree so the 212th degree like the story behind it it's a book you can pick it up on amazon um it's do you have the like big quote that goes along
0: with the title of it it's basically like it's because of chemistry
1: yeah 211 degrees like water's just hot but at 212 degrees water boils and like boiling water can make steam and steam mm-hmm. can power in, and an engine can like power a train or something like that so, if you like just do something one degree better, it's like the difference between like hot water and something that can power a steam train. I might have botched it. I feel like that's like pretty on par oh, yeah. with what the, what the title's about. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's like Liz Lyon's big talk whenever she goes to MCO retreats is talking about like in these different elements of business and personal responsibility. Um, like Nikki mentioned focus as an example. What can you do one degree better? that will like tenfold your progress.
0: Yeah. And that's like one of the numerous talks she has. Um, The other activity that she did at our retreats is really fun. It also made me super anxious because it was like this first, like really fluff, touchy feely activity we did as a team. And I was like, people are either going to hate this or they're going to love it. And I don't know if we should do it. Maybe we don't do it. And she was like, Nikki, calm down. We're just going to do it. I'm like, okay. And it's this really cool activity where she has this um, deck of essentially like postcards and their photos. And you have all the photos set all around like a big dining room table. And you pick one that expresses where you are and you pick one that expresses where you want to be. And then everyone goes around and talks about their photos as much as they would like. And so it's just really interesting to see what photos spoke to people. And also, like, if you have the same photo, it's interesting to see how it spoke to you differently than somebody else. And then she did a breakout session at our last retreat um, and did the photos. And I was running a breakout session at the same time, so I actually didn't get to do it last year. But it's super fun. And she is actually available for consulting work for all of this stuff now.
1: Nice. That would be her passion project. If she got to do anything, I feel like if she could make a career out of any one element of her math museum job description, it would be hosting convention talks for people.
0: That's exactly what she's doing. So if people need help with values or see the value in any of the the fluff that Libby doesn't like, then they can reach out to Liz.
1: Y'all don't hate me. I, I am like <laughs> content heavy. When you listen to this podcast, I edit out 50% of the stuff because I'm like, that was fluff. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one has time for this. Okay. So our structure, let's talk about our structure a little bit of these conventions. Mm-hmm. So You talked about breakout sessions. I do what I consider a breakout session, but like people don't have options. The breakout sessions that they attend, it's just like, I mean, that's just partially because we have ten people, twelve people attend.
0: I thirty-two last time.
1: Who did you take? You took all, all upper-level management,
0: like center director and above. Assistant center director and above.
1: Okay, so that's where you got the bodies from. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so you did breakout sessions whenever. And I think this is like a good thing for us to discuss for like convention and for our retreats. Did you delegate who got to go to what talks or did you let it like, did you let them free for all on what they got to attend?
0: So my goal of making the breakout sessions was more to have everyone have a chance to have a voice. So it wasn't so much to like provide a variety of content. It was a let's break up into smaller groups. So one, you can meet people outside of your district or outside of your functional area, um, because our support team went as well, or to also have everyone have a chance to speak. So what people could choose was what book they read. We had three different options, and so people could choose which book, but that also allowed for smaller groups during the book discussions.
1: That's cute. What books were their options?
0: So we did Remarkable, which was also one of the speakers at the Washington, D.C. convention, who moved my cheese. And then I ran a conversation on high-performance habits. You didn't have Radical Candor as a book? (laughs) I just discovered Radical Candor probably like, it was probably 10 months ago at this point, like 8 to 10 months. So it was going to be on the list for this year.
1: I like that. I like the idea of doing a book club for it.
0: Just a... A word of caution. It really, really worked with some people and it really really didn't with some others.
1: We had them do the 212th degree as their book study, and I'll be honest. Like even though like the 212th degree is a quick read, it was pretty hit or miss on who actually read it. Mm. I'm like mentally taking notes for what I'll do when I can do a retreat again. (laughs) Um, let's really quickly we're gonna transition into how tomorrow and tuesday are gonna run but before we do that we talked about retreats we're obviously multi-center operators this is obviously something that we did after we hit a certain growth point but i see no reason why people can't do this at a different scale for their portfolio if their portfolio doesn't have 30 potential attendees so how would you scale back on the retreat idea for someone who is either a smaller portfolio or potentially a single center operator who wants to put together a retreat for, like, their entire team.
0: I think it would be huge to have, like, all of the instructors all together. probably wouldn't do it overnight for part-time hourly team members, but just having, like, a day where you rent a pavilion at a local state park and you bring everybody together, you play some games, you share a little bit of content – and also I think what's really, really big is giving people how they fit in the bigger picture. So a really cool thing I did two years ago was an appreciation book. And I took, it took a really, really stinking long time, but took a ton of customer reviews. I also solicited reviews and comments from the instruction team and like put them all together in a book for everybody to have, something like that where in the part-time hourly team members a lot of times don't get to see all the reviews and all the really great comments from the customers like the lives you're impacting every day so giving them that perspective in some sort of way is huge so I don't know there's no
1: way Karen's not screaming at her steering wheel right now because that was supposed to be our Christmas gift for people this year oh I did not work fast enough so that was hard to do it 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 really is hard to do Like, there's times where I'm, like, incredibly envious of people who are, like, single center operators because I'm like, gosh, if I was a single center operator, here are, like, the thousand ideas that I would execute if, like, this was my one and only focus. And instead, it's just like, oh, I was going to build a really nice review book, but then someone got sick and I had to run their center for them. Okay, no excuses, but that's great. I love that. Oh, I I have
0: one really good book recommendation. It's called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And it is awesome. Um, It has a lot of like facts and figures. And it's also just like essentially like how to bring people together and how to host a killer dinner party or a killer like peace summit. Cause she's done all of them.
1: Awesome. Okay, so today's convention. Let's Woo. talk about it, as you called it. It's unconventional. convention <laughs> Yes. It's all online. So, what have we thought so far? I okay. Hot take. I'm gonna email Elbeck. I hope Elbeck listens to our podcast. I don't know if she does, but I like have my fingers crossed that she does. So, Elbeck, I am gonna email her and tell her that I would like to. Have this app for even in-person conventions because here's here's my thing granted right now we're online but we're eventually going to get to do in-person conventions i hope together again with this app have you seen the Double wears prada nikki mm-hmm. do you know like the scene where like miranda's walking around the parties and there's like the book of like who's who mm-hmm. and she's being like whispered in her ear who's who okay we need this app at a real convention because then I can just like see like where are they from what are their interests like what are my talking points who am I sitting next to in a breakout session it gives you like that like opportunity to like premeditate your networking interactions and I I want I want the app to stay also like I don't mind having the threads and the topics and stuff like that I think it's all like super interesting. I see no reason why we can't have a version of this app for later conventions to supplement and like enhance a later convention. What are you thinking so far? What are your thoughts?
0: I didn't really know what to expect, but I think I fell into the trap that a lot of people have with online is easier because like you don't have to deal with logistics and all of that. And so like I expected a lot more breakout sessions but I had to like step myself back and realize like you literally just went through this yourself and online is not easier. Once I regrounded myself, I was happy with the number of topics. I am also really, really thankful that so many members of my team can attend because I don't know if everyone will be able to attend the convention in person. It's just too hard at this point. And I do like the app because there's so many more conversations. And there's names that I'm learning and ideas that I'm learning that I don't think I would have been able to learn if we were just bopping around a hotel lobby.
1: It really is like a who's who's book because I know there's people who, I have followed their learning centers for like a year or two now, who I've never seen them at convention, but in reality I have. I just haven't known that they're the owner operator of a learning center. This is my first opportunity where like I'm getting to DM people and I'm like, I really love your learning center. I've loved your learning center for two years. I've never known who you are, but like now I get to tell you. So I feel like I'm getting to do more kudos this year.
0: Libby, it's funny you say that the app is like the who's who, because I feel like some people are not clicking on bios and not realizing who they're talking to. I am very surprised how some people have reacted to me personally and how some people have reacted to some of the vendors and I don't think they know who they're in these like large group conversations with
1: yeah I've screenshot you a couple of those where it's just like you don't realize that you're speaking to okay my fault okay we'll, we'll use me as an example we're not going to throw people under the bus Libby Lossing did not realize she was talking to a vendor that vendor was very smart and was wearing, like, a red polo with a logo that looked exactly like ours. And so I just looked at the headshot and was, like, Mathnasium person, of course. And then I didn't realize I was talking to a vendor. So, like, I've, I've made the mistake. Make sure you're looking at people's bios so you don't embarrass yourself because I technically didn't embarrass myself. I just didn't know who I was talking to. Someone else has, like, not been correct. Also, just limit if you don't have anything that you are a real, and this goes to the Google form as well. I'm putting this out there for the Google form people as well. If you're not the utmost expert on something, sometimes you're allowed to not comment. You don't need to comment on everything. Nikki is our quote girl. I'm going to steal her opportunity to share a quote. This one's from Plato. Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak because they have to say something. We don't need to speak every time
0: there's a conversation. Sometimes you can hold your tongue. Two years, one mouth. And sometimes you can just scroll through and think of your comments in your head. That's the nice thing. It's not in person. So you can have all of your moments just reading and catching up and you don't have to have any sort of pressure to reply immediately. Bottom line, I'm super pumped. So tomorrow's gonna be fun.
1: I was pumped by how pumped Mark was. Yes. So we just had our MCL meeting and Mark from the Spears portfolio, you guys met Hallie. Is like Hallie's counterpart. He was so excited and how excited he was, like I know I was excited, but like seeing how excited he was, I'm like, we're going, it's happening. Like, <laughs> as, good, as good as an in-person conference would be like, I really appreciate the energy that our friends have brought to it because okay, here's the deal. At first glance, this is incredibly lame. Like we're not dumb. Like at first glance doing a virtual convention is like so lame, not the same. Here's the deal. I need everyone tomorrow and today because it's Monday. So today and tomorrow, I need everyone to give 110% energy because here's the thing. If this is a teaching style and like a way of like disseminating information to the masses because we are a global franchise, if this works and this is a way of connecting people, we don't have to limit this to like a -a one-time-a-year thing. Like if there's opportunities for us to do like a biannual convention or, like, a pep talk and maybe we don't need everyone to attend, but, like, we're putting it out there so that way the masses could attend something if they're interested. Like, we should allow them to, like, really stress test this technology because we're we're a growing franchise. Could you imagine, Nikki, if we were able to do this, say, in, like, January when we're all hitting a lull and we're kind of feeling a little burnt out, if we can get, like, a little January pep in our step, Because Mathnasium was able to offer us like a couple breakout sessions. Let's let them stress test it. Everyone give full energy. Be nice. Make a friend. I feel like I've made friends. Everyone, full enthusiasm today and tomorrow. Be very nice. Say thank you to Elle and the organizers. You know which ones they are. Use the convention app properly. DM them thank you.
0: Lots of sharing of, of ideas. Lots of connections. Lots of networking. And I hadn't even thought of it being biannual. So now I'm super excited about that. Not saying that that's going to happen, but that it could happen if this goes well.
1: Okay, let's get on to problems of the week. Um, This one's just straightforward. Uh, Nikki, can you like rattle off what's on your agenda? Like, which talks are you attending?
0: The general session for sure. This is just really important for seeing the big picture. Because it's all the leaders of Mathnasium, and I know people have heard names but don't know faces. And so, hearing everyone speak will be really valuable. So, general session, talent development for multi centers, tactical recruiting, because Casey, who we met in an earlier episode, was really excited about going to developing exceptional teams. So, I'm covering a session for her. Then, the celebration. Then the next general session, growth mindset, multi-center management. So how about you, Libby?
1: Okay, Nikki and I are just about the same, so I'll rattle them off. Uh, general sessions, everyone you should attend, the general sessions, those are basically like a state of the union. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been to a magnesium convention before, it's the state of the union address. Talent development for multi-centers, that's Dr. Mark. I'm not going to say his last name again, Mark K., Managing your customer relationships. I'm like a super nerd about wanting perfect lists in 360s. I could not decide because you said that these session talks have changed and they have in title. So I had picked the one that was hosted by McLeese because you and I both love McLeese. And then it changed to being like a single center operator talk. And I was like, wait, no, why did I pick that? I'm not a single center operator. I'm not going to pick that one. And then it changed back to developing exceptional teams but also tactical recruiting, which is Mark. So Mark and McLeese, they're under the same umbrella. I love both of them, so I don't know which one I'm going to attend, so I'm just going to have to ask which one my family is attending.
0: The celebration and thank you at night, how do you think that's going to be? We submitted a ton of thank you videos, so I'm excited to see them. The guy who's performing is Sir
1: Elton John, like Sir-get, I think, is Mm -hmm. what it is. Okay. If you guys, everyone flood his DMs with wanting him to play Crocodile Rock, please. Oh my please. God. Everyone flood his DMs right now. I know you only have a couple hours. Flood his DMs, Crocodile Rock. Uh, general session, growth mindset, assessing your educational data. That's something that I need to grow on personally is knowing the educational data points. I know that's one that Jody's attending as well. And then manipulatives for the physical and virtual world. Again, it's just a weakness of mine. I'm not great at the education pieces of our business and it's something that I want to be better at, especially because now I'm looking into getting a master's in education. So I'm like, yes, curriculum focused. Thanks for joining us for episode 13 on Convention hall. We look forward to seeing you guys today and tomorrow on the app. Have a great week. PEMDAS, podcast every Monday. Download and subscribe. Bye. I'm enjoying the virtual happy hour. Right now, Nikki and I, if we were like at a normal convention, it would be normal happy hour. So when it's time for virtual happy hour, see you in the morning, 6.30, bright and sharp. That's perfect. <laughs> What's the actual expression? I botched it. Bright and early. Oh my...